May episode 225. A lot of changes this week. Uh, excited to do this one. So we have, uh, wow, quite a lot of things to cover. I'm, I've asked uh, if you want to submit your questions at all about this topic of having content that actually turns into leads. Uh, here's the time to do it. So we're going to jump into your questions in a minute. Thank you very much for those of you who've already submitted them. Uh, pumped as well because this is the first week in the new office. You may notice, you may be like, what's going on there, man? It's really empty behind you. So I moved office over the weekend. Uh, I moved my children to a different room. So I've commandeered a larger office for me, which is marvellous. Uh, so that's why it's empty behind. Uh, it's a bit echoey in here, to be honest, as well. Uh, but there's a lot uh, to be done. So behind this camera, what you can't see is stacks of boxes and books and things that haven't been put away properly yet. Uh, because, you know, first things first, I've got myself uh, online so that we can make sure we can run these live streams. So this week, uh, I'm going to be sharing uh, a couple of things. First thing, I'm going to answer your questions, of course, on, um, on content that drives leads. But I'll also be sharing my three tips for getting this bit right as well. I'm going to be doing this more often now. I think people really appreciated it last time. Uh, this idea of of tips uh, that I, I'm going to give you as well as answering your questions. Um, if you're watching right now, pop into the uh, comments below where you're watching from. And if you're hashtag Team Live or hashtag Team Replay, uh, I've got here uh, on Facebook, uh, Team Live with Daniel Nunes. Good to see you here as well. Thanks so much. For jumping in uh also we've got uh hi i'm a professional graphics designer if you need any design please let me know no that's not what you're gonna do don't write that but where you're watching from and if you're live like good old daniel did there so um we are watching as well from uh or rather we're using right now on insta on, on instagram we're using it natively but on on linkedin and facebook we're watching the live stream right now through restream when I used StreamYard before. So thank you so much uh, to Anya for getting in touch uh, from Restream. Uh, we're testing it out. So firstly, I want you to let me know in the comments, how is it looking in terms of bandwidth? If you're on LinkedIn and Facebook, in terms of video quality, is it coming through okay? I've actually got a new Wi-Fi set up in this new office. So actually the, the bandwidth should be better anyway, but do you like it? Does it look okay to you? Uh, that's what I'm interested in hearing as well as your questions on content that drives uh, that drives leads. So I'm also interested in your view on the new office. Do you know what I love after four and a half years of these live streams? I don't have that angled wall anymore. So my house is a three story house and the top floor um, was was two bedrooms by book. My office was in one of them. So now both daughters are upstairs in their bedrooms together. They've got like this girls hangout. They've got two bedrooms uh, next to each other. And then there's a bathroom there. So they can just basically live upstairs, which is lovely. So I'm on the first floor now. And this originally, years ago, used to be the nursery, in fact. Uh, but this is now uh, the new office. So here's the question. I had, as you will know if you've seen before, I had loads of books on shelves behind me. What should I have now? What do I need in the background? What do you think I should put on the background of that wall? You know, could be anything. What do you think? Some, some kind of picture, put books back, a thing, whatever. What do you think it should be? Uh, let me know your suggestions. I'm interested in how I should decorate the wall. It's currently white. 
I am not intending to paint it anytime soon. I'm not a fan of painting. <laughs> I'm really not a fan of painting. And some of the worst words in the world are, this needs another coat. So I really hope that doesn't have to happen. So what do you think I should put up there? Let me know in the comments below. Good to see here, Sam McAfee uh, from Texas, uh, Team Live. Also, Patricia, congrats on your office. Thank you very much to you. Fanny Dunnigan from Dallas. Uh, good to see you here as well. Also from, uh, from Texas, as well as Summer. I don't know if you know each other, but there we are. Texas is a big place. Um, and let's get into to the three tips. So I'm going to start with these three tips before I get into your questions. If you have a question about content that drives leads, then let me know. Just think, I can, I can actually see behind my head there, there's a little dot. That's That was a screw that held up a picture of Elsa and Anna from uh, Frozen. <laughs> Only yesterday. Wow, we've done a lot. I've done, you have no idea how much moving I did. It was taking apart beds. Then we sold the bed, sold the bed within two hours. I'm very pleased with that. Came away, took it, uh, a, bit of, a little bit of negotiation happened on Facebook Marketplace, always happening. Um, and then moved a bed that I'd taken apart three months ago to get apart again, lift it upstairs and then built it again. Just uh, a lot of heavy work, let's say. So I'm, I'm enjoying sitting down today instead. Uh, three tips for content that drives leads. Number one is one of the things that people fear doing because they feel like it will come across as all salesy. Number one tip is use a call to action, but be gentle. A call to action is a suggestion of what action the audience or, or reader or viewer should take. So a call to action in a post might be something like, what do you think? And what's your opinion on something? And you really should use it either to drive engagement or conversation, or in fact, to suggest someone steps forward um, uh, as essentially a prospect or lead. The problem we've got is that people don't want to do calls to action in posts purely because they are scared that they will spam people and feel salesy. So people tend to do the whole lead with value thing and no call to action. So then you just have nice chats and then it stops there. Calls to action are essential, as I say, either to drive conversation or to leverage people out and to have a meaningful conversations beyond the content and the posts, uh, uh, comments section itself. And what you do is you have a gentle call to action that doesn't say something ridiculous like, if you want to learn more, DM me and let's hop on a call. When has anyone ever said, hey, I want to hop on a call with you? It doesn't work like that. It's too scary for an audience member. You've got to treat an audience like it is timid and understand that in their psychology, you've got a group of people that don't want to be sold to. The thought of hopping on a call often fills people with anxiety. Also, they don't know what it will be like. You're going to be all cringe and salesy and awkward. So maybe they tend to leave it. If that's the case, a better suggestion is to suggest you give them something. So I know someone who's brilliant at this and what he does is he says, um, if you want to have three tips about your um, your LinkedIn profile, let me know and I will give them to you. And when they say yes, please, in the DMs, he then gives them them. And it's a great way of starting the conversation. So be gentle. Give them something they actually want. But don't just ask them if they want to hop on a call because people tend to not. Uh, they tend to want to need, need a bit warming up first. Always call to action at the very least to drive some engagement in the post itself. Tip number two is comments are conversation starters. Therefore, you need to drive comments because if you want to move to a point where you're generating warm leads, people who are interested in speaking to you, you have to have 
comments in the first place. Sure, you can engage with people who just liked your post, but it's far better to engage with someone uh, with the context of them having written something. So you send them a DM and say, hey, thanks so much for the comment. I really appreciate that. How are you doing? Or what made you made you write that? So if you can stimulate comments to your content, now you're really bringing people to you, but also you're making them want to write something. So first tip, course to action, but be gentle. Second tip, comments that are conversation starters. And the third tip is in understanding that content is a form of, the way I describe it is as a form of gravity for an audience to, to come into orbit around you. Content provides this, this kind of force of gravity that pulls people to come and check you out. But it only works when your content is good enough to stop the scroll. Most people are doing this, thumbing through their newsfeed, looking for something to inspire them. Their subconscious brain is in control there, is looking for something that's going to make it an interesting day. So when you start your content with, morning everyone, hope you're having a lovely Monday, you fail because no one wants to stop and look at that. That's not exciting. And you need to liken it to um, a drive down the road. In fact, what I'm going to do is invoke Seth Godin right here. He describes it perfectly. He said, imagine you're driving along. The first time you ever see a cow, it's just like, oh, wow, there's a cow. But when you're driving past field after field after field of cows, it's all the same. Those cows represent content. Then you drive past a purple cow. Well, now that's noteworthy. And you stop and you're looking you're like, it's a purple cow. It's the point here. Exactly the same point. Your content needs to be a purple cow. So what's the line? What's the one line that's going to make them stop the scroll? And then what's the next line that's going to make them click on see more? And now they're interested in the content itself. Fascinating world of psychology. But it's all about deciding what it is that's going to make someone stop and, and take pay attention. The best videos in the world, the best copywriting in the world fails unless someone stops the scroll and decides to actually look at it. So what's the ha what's the thing happening in the moment under a quarter of a second that makes that audience member go, huh, what's going on here? Either it's a great first line or maybe it's some kind of headline or title uh, on a, on the video. If you have that, you know, if you look at mine on on, um, on the various platforms, you'll see that there's some kind of uh, pattern stopping, um, pattern scrolling, stopping or whatever you want to say. Uh, headline that makes someone go, ha, huh, this is interesting. Okay, so you think along those lines. Number one, call to action, but be gentle. Number two, comments are conversation starters. And number three, yes, content is gravity, but only when you can actually stop the scroll. These three things are matter. And you can see all together, you're stopping people so they check out the content. You're driving them to write comments, and you're using those comments to start conversations from there, that's where your leads are generated. There are many other sources of leads, no doubt, and I've used uh, other areas as well, but without question, this is a strong place to be eliciting a reaction from someone who's showing some genuine interest in you. So I hope that helps. Definitely worth thinking about. Uh, if you have any tips on content that drives leads, then do add them in the comments below. Um, if you're joining in right now, let us know where you're watching from and put in a hashtag team live. Or if you're watching later on in the replay on IGTV uh, or on Facebook and, Insta on, and on LinkedIn, then pop in hashtag team replay as well. Good to see you here, uh, Carolina from Florida. Nice to see you. Da Daniel Nunes, I post about dogs, not cows. <laughs> sure, but purple dogs then is the same point. Uh, and Carolina, who joined late, missed the start. Are you in a different room? Where is the bookshelf? She asked. Yes. 
those who are watching for the first time will have no idea what she's talking about. Those who watched the previous episodes, there have been 254 of them, 224 of them, sorry, um, for the past four and a half years. I've been in a different office. I moved office this week, so uh, my house has three stories to it. And my daughter's now on the top floor. They've got their bedrooms up there, one of which was my old office for seven years <laughs> uh so they've got their little they've got their bedrooms there's a lot of fairy lights up there now and um and their little bathroom with their little toothbrushes and things very cute and it's getting exceedingly pink rapidly over there um and then then the middle floor now i have taken over uh, one of my daughter's old bedrooms which is actually a, a large box room and it's marvellous because I don't have the sloping ceiling, Karen, you'll notice that's gone. And yes, the bookshelves have gone. So what do I put on the back wall behind me? What goes here? Pictures of me? No. Books, maybe. Haven't we already done that, though? So any ideas, let me know. Daniel Nunes suggests you need more frozen regalia. You have no idea, dude. Outside of the shot of this camera, this house is, is mostly unicorns and pink stuff. And then there's my daughter's stuff too. But there's no, it's not a joke. There's a lot of frozen regalia. Although my older daughter, thankfully, is growing out of it. Uh, but she's eight. The, the younger one's only five. So it's full tilt on frozen, even though even the second one was out a long time ago. So not more of that. Um, Stella, uh, who else we got here? So uh, Felipe coming from Maryland, DC. You can see here as well. Uh, Selma McAfee. When people do posts, like here is one to five on ABC Topic. What would you suggest as number six? I see a lot of engagement on those posts. Absolutely. Because you're starting with, here's some value against the topic. Those who are who find that topic resonates with them will, of course, check that out. And because they're interested, they want to share their, their ideas. What you have is two segments in that audience, in fact, Summer. You always have those who find that useful and go, ha, huh, that's really useful. Here's the like for you. Then you have the people who think they're the experts or who maybe are the experts and like, well, well, let's be clear, you need to also add this thing as well. There's always someone who likes to think that the person who wrote the post missed the most obvious thing and they'll add that as well. So you have two segments, you have people who could add something and those that find it quite stimulating. Uh, they often will like it and then nothing else will happen. But if you get a comment like, wow, this is really useful, therein is a really great opportunity to begin a conversation. Thanks so much, says the DM, or even the voice memo to them. I really appreciate you checking this out. Uh, which one of, of, in particular was of use to you? And we're away. You see what I mean? So these are where our leads really should uh, be stemming from, because these are people who, with context, have we have an earned right with them to engage and start talking because they've shown up for our content in the first place. And it's actually ridiculous to not show up uh, to them in some kind of response really good idea uh, to use those kind of posts i use them myself most weeks uh they, they certainly convert well uh yanis can see here from athens carolina on the on the room you should paint it orange your brand color well i have the orange alexa show here the orange brand colors there that's arguably enough <laughs> if i had a, you know think if it was an orange wall orange table with the hair as well, Karen, I think it might be a bit much. So, uh, yeah, it might, might be a bit much. Uh, Justin Lee, nice tips, Richard, as always. Thanks so much. I think, Justin, you sent me a, a voice memo. So if, uh, I think you're right. So I will uh, I will make sure I check that out a bit later. Thank you very much for that. 
yeah, what else have we got? Uh, Daniel Nunes, can you discuss letting your clients brag about the relationship versus self-promotion? Can you expand on what you mean, please, Daniel? If you write that again, what, what do you think? Uh, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Can you discuss letting your clients brag about the relationship versus self-promotion? I think what you mean is posts that you talk about how well your clients are doing as opposed to how great you are. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it's actually a better idea. It's, a, it's kind of in the same ballpark as the humble brag. But even the humble brag, people roll their eyes out now. It's too much. Like, uh, oh, it's been such a busy day doing this huge project for IBM that they paid me six figures for. Things like that are like too much of a humble brag that people can't, they can't stand this kind of thing now. It's been done too much. But it's a very good idea, Daniel, to, I think this is what you're talking about, is to, to drive out success in your content. Um, but sh that show, shows what your clients have done. Because if you show your clients done, and I'm not talking about just kind of photo case study of some kind of, um, uh, yeah, just like a case study of what your clients done. That could be a bit boring. What you want to do is big them up, talk about how great they are, call them out, you know, say this person's amazing. These people are great at what they've done. And by proxy, by association, you're essentially putting yourself in a wonderful place because people will say, well, clearly you're behind that. So that's really good for you. Well done. It's a far more um, uh, readily consumed form of telling people you're great. It's a bad idea to go, I am pretty awesome because I'm doing this with all these clients. So you just need to be a bit more, bit more subtle about it. I, I think it's got a place to be honest. I really do. But I think just do it in a genuine way. If, people, if, if your clients have done great things, lift them up and shout them out. It's a really good way to do it. And, and it will help to boost the perception of you. Again, though, remember, there needs to be some kind of a call to action underneath. It's a really good opportunity to say, if you want to learn more about what they did, I've done this recently. It converts really well. If you want to learn a bit more about what they did, then DM me um, this and I'll share with you some of the steps they took. And people are really keen in learning more. if They can see someone being successful. Um, and certainly if, it, if it's somewhere else other than you, it does go a little bit of a longer way. So I, I totally endorse that suggestion. It definitely works for me a lot. Uh, who's saying who's joining in there? Um, I saw someone I've not seen for a while. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Sorry for the scrolling. Someone said it's been a while. Where are you? There you are. Uh, Richard Playfair. Yes, Team Live, it's been a while. If you're watching right now, jump in and put in the comments where you're watching from. And if you're hashtag Team Live or hashtag Team Replay, good to see you here as well. I'm in a new office today. A new office today. I moved from my previous office, which was on the top floor, and it's in the, my middle floor of my house. Uh, and my daughters are now on top floor together, so this is nice having united. But it means no more sloop, sloping roof, which is marvellous, but it also means no bookshelves yet. I was just going to stick them back up, to be honest, or buy some new ones. If you have a suggestion of what I should have in the background, so far uh, we've had painted orange and frozen regalia. <laughs> so uh, neither of those will happen, I'm afraid. Uh, Amy on, on Instagram has said she misses the shelves, what I was thinking I could do is put shelves back up and maybe put up there, if I flip around, instead of the books like in like that, I could flip them around and they could be the books I'm reading at the moment maybe or something like that. Might be a bit interesting um, to kind of let you know what I'm doing. Bring the shelves back, all right. <laughs> Look, just for context, um, I moved these rooms yesterday. So behind all of this, like boxes with stuff everywhere. The shelves will come back, but in good time. We'll do these live shows first, right? 
Uh, Yanis Georgiakopoulos in uh, on LinkedIn said people post a lot on sophisticated technology to track and nurture any comments. I think what you may be talking about is using sophisticated technology to see if someone's paying any attention. It really works when you can get a volume. When you get a volume of people checking out uh, what you're doing, and then yeah, there's a lot of value in saying, well, well, let's start segmenting which people are doing certain things. And you know, I have Facebook pixels that are tracking what people do when they go through a funnel or land on my site and things like that. It's all useful data, but only if you're getting enough people looking at you what a lot of people do is overdo the tech and the data when they don't actually, when they're not focusing on the thing that really matters, which is getting distribution and having the numbers. So, and it's the same with like people getting VAs to comment on, on a post when they only get four or five comments. There's no point. Until such time as it's overwhelming, you should be getting in there manually. It's a far more effective approach. So I'm, I'm a big fan of manual because when you do it yourself, rather than automate things, you do tend to have a sense of where things, you know, how things worked, uh, you know, where people are are engaging and you get to engage with them directly. So it's a very effective way of uh, getting um, uh, results for them and, and in, you know, in speaking to them in the moment. So I think that until such time as you have a mad amount of overwhelming response, you actually tend to not need this kind of thing as much. Um, so this is my, my two cents. I think I understood your question. I hope that helped a bit, Yanis. Um, speaking of tech, though, I wanted to shout out Restream today. I normally, up until now, I've been using, um, for the last year and a so, or so on LinkedIn and Facebook, I've been using StreamYard to stream, and I'm trying Restream.io at the moment. So thank you to um, Anya for getting in touch from Restream directly. We had a call last week, and I'm rolling this out to see uh, the difference. So let me know if the picture looks good, if it sounds good to you, uh, if you can see the captions and so on, if it feels good. Uh, questions coming in from Amy here, hands-on approaches uh, on Instagram. Since taking your advice, i.e. posting more regularly, finding that the interest is coming from a large variety of sources, not just one discipline or profile type. So there's a number of things you can be doing here, Amy. And um, one thing for certain, given that we spoke, you know, only a few weeks ago, is understand that the value of patience here. If you continue to speak against your topic, you'll find that eventually you, you do start noticing the, um, the, variety, the, the source that, that does tend to step out the most and that will surface and you can leverage it more. But what you can also do is say to yourself, you know, if I'm getting a variety of sources, how can I actually cultivate those further? How can I go and uh, feather nests for them, the nests for them so they can actually you know, gain more from me. So if you're finding the varieties coming from Facebook and LinkedIn, for instance, well then what are you doing on those platforms to serve them? But also take an audit and decide where you're going to prune, as it's known, because you you probably get a, a huge variety of sources and you can't deploy yourself everywhere. So if there are seven sources, pick maybe the top five, unless you have the bandwidth for it, to make sure you're serving them properly. And by serving them, what I mean is being present on those platforms as well because you may just find you're you're finding a new seam that you could mine and that tends to be really helpful um let's hop into a couple of questions wendy gulhula uh gulhula gulhula i've never got your name right apologize wendy um has asked has said pivoting richard should feel better than it does why is it awkward she said well pivoting in in the parlance she's using here is is this idea of moving from 
say a conversation and direct messages with people to a phone call. The reason why pivoting is awkward for people is because they're not ready. Because you can feel it as a human, you know if it's not ready because it just doesn't, like something is like, it just seems like it's missing. What it is, what it tends to be is the, the cringe fact, you're feeling that vibe from the prospect. And if it doesn't feel right, if it's not intuitively right, this happens a lot, and I've coached this many, many years, um, certainly with city, uh, city businesses when they are doing cold calling. If you've got a script and you're like, whether they like it or not, I'm saying this next line. Whether they like it or not, I will ask them for, to do this next thing or so. It's just, the, if it's the wrong timing, then it doesn't feel natural. And so, of course, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. Pivoting should never actually feel awkward if you do it right. And it's the same, this, the same thing I've talked about a lot in the past, which is about cues. If you get the right cues from people, as in if someone sh is leaning in and showing a level of receptivity, then that person is ready to be asked. And the pivot makes perfect sense. So let me give you an example of a really, ex a really extreme one to prove the example. If I sent you a message, Wendy, and I said, I really want to buy some of your pottery, because I know you're, you're doing a line of your own pottery at the moment on LinkedIn, which is a fantastic idea. I want to buy some of your pottery, Wendy. How can I buy some, please? Well, the pivot from the DM to taking my order isn't going to feel awkward, is it? It's going to feel really straightforward. However, if I, if I write a comment on your post and say, hey, this is, this is really nice, and you write, do you want to buy one? then it's going to feel a bit awkward because you don't know if I've earned the right yet, if I, if, or rather if you've earned the right yet, if I really want to buy something or not, if I'm just complimenting you. So you're missing something. The cue is either they really compliment you or they share that there's a struggle or a problem. That tends to be the case when, when you're selling some kind of service. It may be something of a variate, variation of that. So it might be that they're like, I really love this. I think my mum might want one of these. Then you say, then you might say something just to probe and check. Something like, you know, uh, instead of, hey, would you want to buy one then? It's awesome. What do you like about it? And just get them engaging a bit more. And but you'll find that if you move to a place where they're complimenting you a lot, or if, if it's more of a service you offer that fixes problems and they're sharing that issue, if they're sharing this, then that, that's the tell. And the cue will be uh, making both parties feel very comfortable with, that the ask, or rather in your words, the pivot can happen. You won't feel awkward if that time is right. If someone's just being chill and they're just like, hey, you know, here's a like and uh, well done on your pottery, Wendy. Um, and, you know, you're going to look at it as this not a particularly effusive compliment nor is it uh, a share of a struggle or a problem that they've got so now asking for a pivot now is a mistake so you need to earn that and if that doesn't happen it's not necessarily a good idea daniel nunez hopped over onto um instagram here has absolutely nailed it you take them to a deep deeper level of conversation quite right you've also added something uh, further up here by the way good to see you here uh ian tisco and i see you on on as well my man uh, and Dika Ramran, uh, a number of you joining on, on Instagram. Uh, and Daniel has also added, what about one of the EBL event photos blown up and framed behind you? Nice idea, actually. I might have some of the EBL pictures. That would be pretty cool. Can I, like a wall of, uh, hall of, a wall of fame uh, for some of, the, some of the EBL events. EBL being Entrepreneur Business Live. I miss it now uh, quite a bit. I'm looking forward to 
fingers crossed EBL may happen again next year these are charity um, um, business events so basically the networking events with with speakers we did 26 of them until February this year um, around the world raising money for local charities all the money not even just the profit all of the money now like they all go it goes to local charities so I love them and uh, yeah next year we'll probably do them. that's a great idea I like it thank you uh, Daniel we may do that uh, good idea. What other questions have we got? Summer McAfee question. Suggestions on good ways to use the poll posts on LinkedIn. So poll posts are fantastic, fantastic for lead generation. Polls get a considerably lower bandwidth in terms of distribution from LinkedIn um, than another post would, but they still are useful for, for, uh, for leads because the votes People voting represents contextually someone stepping forward and saying, this is this is of interest, I'm going to engage. And that gives you the earned right to say, well, let's talk about it. So basically, if someone votes for something, I can then jump in and say, hey, Summer, thank you so much for voting in the poll. Um, you know, what made you choose that option out of interest? And I've got that conversation. If that person isn't a first connection, I would suggest you actually lead with, hey, Summer, thanks for voting in the poll. How are you? And a connection request um, and when they say oh I'm great thank you yeah good poll I liked it no problem and I appreciate the connection uh, accepting the connection request what made you choose that option out of interest so I just take my time I had an additional step in there if they're not a first uh, connection but I would use the poll posts in entirety what I mean by that is it gives you two options to begin with but you should use all four so I would use the first three options against a question that is related to the problem you can solve for people. So for instance, a rubbish example off the top of my head would be, are you having problems converting on LinkedIn? Yes, no, not really, yes, no a bit. And like, and then the fourth option will always be other, comment below. Because there's always someone who's like, I can't vote, your options aren't covering well, the one I would put. So you put other, so then the clever people can add something else underneath. But all of those options, or at least one of them, should relate to something you can help people with. And now, the 37 people who voted for that small option there are people you should be DMing that day. Thank you so much, Summer, for the post, uh, for, the, for the vote on the poll. Really appreciate it. What made you decide to, to, to vote for that out of interest? Half won't reply. Half of the ones that do reply won't really be, won't really go anywhere. But some of them you'll get into conversation with. Now you've got some great leads. Do that every couple of weeks. You get some really exciting leads you can engage with. A really good idea, though, when you're writing these is to understand that the, the question is everything. Questions should be simple because if it's simple, people tend to answer things. Ever noticed how the polls on Instagram, do you like pizza or bacon? Yet they tend to get lots of results. Yes, no answers. If you make it complex, people won't do it. And the good news is that, that helps make this uh, keep this on keep this tight. Is that the questions, um, or rather the answers, the voting options on LinkedIn have a maximum of thirty characters. So you can't write too much. Really good. Keep it super simple, but map that from the question. Question first. Write that first. Then have the answers. And ask yourself, like, what kind of service or problem? do I have, or problem do I solve for people? When I know the problem I solve for people, what, what things would they say that describe the kind of problems they have that I can help them with? That's the kind of options you want. And for the more sensitive topics, you may, maybe not, I mean, I work with someone at the moment who, who works with 
anxiety coaching. So she coaches people who have a lot of anxiety. You can't put yes or no, do you feel like you've got anxiety? It doesn't really work. So one way around this is to post um, uh, a poll where the options are about symptoms of having anxiety instead. So you wanna, so sometimes you be a little bit more subtle about it and talk about the, the uh, kind of the outcomes of having these problems or, or the periphery slightly, then people are more likely to get to, to engage with it. Once you've done that, then write the copy. And the point of the copy is one, as usual, to stop the scroll, to make people go, oh, I want to answer this thing. And then two, to drive the vote. So make sure you get the call to action. Give them a reason why they should. Uh, Amy here on hands-on approaches uh, on Instagram has said, I feel like the polls don't get as much views as posts on LinkedIn. 100%, they don't. In fact, there's been research into the algorithm that's shown that polls get some of the least distribution. It's like, it's, it's like so low compared with most posts. But if you use them for lead generation, remembering that the engagement is always quite low, but the votes are quite high, that that is all you're after, you know, it's fine. What do you, it depends on how many clients you like, but you're after, but someone like me, I don't need 300 clients, do I? I need like five. So so the key thing is to, to, to recognize that it's great for lead gen when you use it properly. If you're just trying to drive engagement, we'll go write a proper post instead. But yeah, it doesn't get as, as many views, but if you use it for uh, to leverage those that voted, it really works uh, really well. Uh, Ian, Ian Tisker, man, it's so good to see you on here, has uh, also asked, what are your favorite platforms? Where do you see content creators moving towards? I uh, just started dabbling with um, a new one. I completely forgot the name, <laughs> Clubhouse. Uh, which looks okay. I might be, might, might go somewhere, and that's a kind of a voice-based uh, social platform. Might be interesting. Favorite platforms. I mean, obviously, LinkedIn just works for me very well. It's business orientated, so that that makes a lot of sense. Content creators are moving towards there a lot more. It's funny how, you know, people who are really good content creators elsewhere are like, "How does it work, man?" And like, "How does LinkedIn work?" It's like it's all different. It's not. It's just people. It's exactly the same as anywhere else post great content that engages people, understand how to get distribution, and people react in the same way, really. It really is the same every time. So LinkedIn is a winner. Facebook has dropped down easily to third place, well behind Instagram for me. Um, I definitely get a better uh, result there. I really love that LinkedIn is up to his game a lot. So LinkedIn stories now means I can get the traction I had on the Instagram stories over on LinkedIn with the right set of people. So uh, it's very difficult to improve on that because of the context of business. Um, so that, that's, the, that's the point. But I think YouTube's a strong space as well. Um, I haven't got round to it is the honest answer, but probably, probably next year when a uh, number of projects are out of the way, things have to happen in certain order, I will probably revisit that because I think it's something that needs to be built out. But yeah, really good, a really good point. I think what will happen, we definitely, the it's so early still with LinkedIn, but I do believe it is the next 18 months to two years will be kind of the golden period. I mean, it's already slightly different now. And the algorithm is, is very volatile. It, it changes all the time, it seems. But I think in a couple of years, we'll be, we'll be I mean, I'm already with some people on LinkedIn reminiscing about how it was so much easier, even like, you know, a year or so ago, um, whereas, you know, it's it's just 
it's not quite as, as straightforward, but it's exceedingly good still. And I think that probably in the next couple of years, you'll get this flock of marketers over realizing there's a really great opportunity. And then of course we'll get fairly flooded. It may, it may trim the top as well. The senior decision makers may find themselves not, uh, or may decide to not use it as much uh, if it becomes a bit too Facebook, uh, which would be a shame, that's how it may be. Um, uh, are you, you're asking as well, are you leveraging reels? I'm not. You've got to choose, you've got, you know, with, with kind of where your bandwidth goes. In the same way as people are like, why are you not on Twitter? Technically, I'm on Twitter, but I don't use it. The reason why is because of bandwidth. I have, a, I have a team that's only so big and an appetite that 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 is being completely fulfilled through the platforms I've got. Do what you can really well is what I would suggest. So, you know, Reels looks great. It looks really good. I, I, I'm impressed with it, but I'm, I'm using what I'm using at the moment. So it's, you know... I've got IGTV, works great. Got stories, works really good at the moment as well. I think I think that'll do for me. Reels is a wonderful idea, but you know, the the, the platforms I've, I've mentioned already are just absolutely thriving. So it's like why people are like, why are you not using TikTok more? TikTok's a player I could be using too. I know Ian, you're big on that. You're enjoying that as well. But you've got to deploy yourself where your bandwidth is. And you've also got to you've got to triple down where you get success from and um, LinkedIn's not going anywhere anywhere soon. It's propped up by Microsoft. Uh, so it's a really solid space for me. But Facebook needs to pick up a bit, in my opinion, for me. And that's down to me, not Facebook. And I think that um, it's it's certainly fallen into third place behind Instagram. Uh, so it's something I would, I, 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 you know, it will still feature, but you, you won't see me on, on Snapchat or chat, chat or TikTok at the moment because actually, the bandwidth is being put elsewhere instead. Like I say, you need to be going deep with platforms rather than skimming the surface, is, is my opinion. Another question here, Daniel Nunes, besides the fluff and mar lifestyle marketing, how do you instill loyalty? Let me get rid of your question there, Summer. How do you instill loyalty and commitment on your to your projects when most people pick and choose what they follow, like a buffet and walk? Basically, what types of content keep people coming back versus content that leads clients to your competitors or others in the same niche? It's not the content that does this. It's not the content that does this. It's the responses that the author of the content or the content creator uses or, or has in the first place. The reason why an audience member decides to return starts with the validation in the first place that they receive for showing up. So with that initial show up, when they decide to show up and then write a message, if you ignore that, you're basically giving them no reward for bothering to, to spend some time on it. If you indulge them, you say, like, thank you so much, appreciate it, which is why I give a lot of attention to second and third connections, people who haven't joined that kind of my ecosystem yet. Um, you know, that's a great way of getting someone to feel like, wow, that really validated my effort. And that's not conscious conversation they have with themselves, but that's their subconscious as like, well done. That was we wrote a comment, and now that person's actually writing me. That feels good. It's a little hit of dopamine when they get the message saying you got a notification saying that someone's actually checked you out, checking you out, and written a, a reply to your to your message. They come back, and lo and behold, they get fed your content again. Then they show up again. So to get people to stick, it's not the content nearly as much as the way you react with them and the way you respond to them. In my opinion, people buy you because they like you. 
Therefore, people check out your content again and again because they like you. My content, look, I'm sitting in an office on a chair talking. <laughs> but I've done it for four and a half years and people show up every single time. So hundreds of episodes of this means I must be doing something right. And actually, it's the engagement with the people, not how it looks. Perfect example of it, right? Unless this all crashes and burns this week because there's no, there's no bookshelves with, with, uh, with uh, books on it this week. But, but that's, that's what works, you know. It's just really understanding that you need to speak to them more. You need to understand if someone de- – when I think back to 2014, if someone dared – this is when I started on, on, on Facebook. When someone dared to even look at one of my posts, I'd be in there with a message saying, hey, thanks so much for, for checking out for the like you, when someone likes your content, you can click on it and see who it was. Thanks so much for that. I really appreciate it. Now they're feeling involved. That's why I love to stream here in this manner, because I can see the messages as they come through. I know that Ian's online right now. I can see fun underscore underscore away on Instagram as well. I can see Daniel Nunes there. I can see um, all of these different people. I can see my man Greg Brenner just jumped in and LinkedIn, for instance. So knowing they're there means I can engage with the audience in the moment. They're more likely than not to show up again next time if they have a decent enough experience. So showing up for them, including them, is a really good idea. Okay, so it really matters to do that. Um, There's another question here. Uh, Justin Lee, do you have any automation recommendations, Richard, thinking follow-up templates, CRM, etc.? Um, I'm a big fan of Active Campaign. I'm a big fan of ClickFunnels. It's brilliant site. I think a lot of people think it's a bit basic. It can be, but it's really awesome. Um, I, I'm a big fan of it. But but in terms of automation, leverage, connecting that with Active Campaign makes sense. And lately, I've been dabbling with Choir as well to batch create Facebook ads rather than doing one by one in the um, in Ads Manager. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely really brilliant. Um, I really. Yeah, I, I really like that one. Uh, in terms of, yeah, that, that's what I that's what I like in terms of, of get capturing data. So CRM is is active campaign. Um, although I do like the CRM that is kind of in in the stripe as well. Actually, I really love it. But yeah, active campaign nails it for the flow in terms of deal flow and and, and how everything looks. Really awesome. Um, and together between that and Facebook ads and um, you know the results have been have been really solid so far. So yeah, that they're my recommendations. Active campaign trounces um, uh, Mailchimp. Sorry guys, but it just does in my opinion for for usability. And uh, yeah, check out Choir. Uh, it's spelled not C H O I R. Uh, it's something like Q W A Y A. So it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, uh, Darren Nunes on Instagram has said his active campaign an app. Possibly, I would be stunned if it isn't. I use it on desktop because I'm a, I'm an old school guy. <laughs> but yeah, I use the website. But I'm pretty certain it's on on um, almost guaranteed it's an app as well. So you can check in uh, on your conversions there as well. It's really great and um, really good stuff. Uh, anyway, questions. I think we'll finish there actually. Um, uh, Patricia Freudenberg has asked, "How about EQ content? Any suggestions on asking questions?" So content relating to emotional uh, so emotional quotient as it stands for so eq is an interesting area because the more emotionally led your content is the more it, it focuses on that kind of space the more people are engaged in it actually people are interested in feelings and emotions quite a lot but you need to make it accessible 
Otherwise, you remember that people are watching content for a break normally, so you need to make it easily consumable. And those that make that are over flowering with the language in the content, and those that are like just a bit too techy, it doesn't work unless your audience is particularly geeky or in that space. So you want to keep things not dumbed down. I'm, try, I'm trying to avoid that, but you want to keep it simple at least in how you explain things. I think there's. Uh, I think you may be asking uh, about polls. I'm not entirely sure, Patricia, but the kind of questions you can ask. Well, I think that it's a good idea to um, explore just that ecosystem in general. So just, just you don't have to start on topic when you're engaging with people. You don't have to start by talking about the work you do right away. And in fact, I would dissuade you from from doing that because it's a bit too on the nose and a bit too much like you're trying to close someone or or get on to talking about shops right away. It's a little bit more natural, isn't it? Just to shoot the breeze. Look at where there's commonality, basically. Like, where is there something you have in common? Are you both in the same area of of the world? You both, you know, everyone's experiencing coronavirus, so it seems a bit cliche, but everyone talks about it. There's nothing wrong with that. It works. It's just a good idea to look at where there might be commonality. Everyone's got a profile, right? If someone's connecting with you or you can connect with them, they'll have a profile. So why wouldn't you use that just to check out what they're all about and say, hey, I saw you did this thing or I saw you did that thing. That's interesting. And you can take it from there in terms of... Um, you know, like 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 some something you might have a little of commonality. You get the conversation going as humans do in the offline world. Then your pivot to talking shop can happen afterwards. And talking shop being talking, looking at EQ instead. So I would suggest that route instead. Hopefully that makes a bit more sense. I'm not sure if I've answered your question right because I'm not sure what it is. Uh, but polls, there you go. On the example questions you're asking. So EQ related polls, example questions. I'm going to think on my feet here. Um, so. You could ask if you don't want people to be too for if you don't think people are going to be forthcoming, you can get people to comment or give a commentary on others in general. So what's missing in EQ at the moment? And remember, you may need to define EQ because it may be you're speaking to a large audience rather than a set niche of people you can guarantee are going to show up for you. So it may be that you start with something like defining what EQ is, but then you say, do you feel that? Where do you feel that EQ is missing? I need the context of what you do for, for your work, Patricia, but it could be along the lines of where do you feel EQ is missing at work? In leadership, middle management, first run the ladder, or where you know, how do you feel that EQ has 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 EQ started to feature more in business? Yes, no, not at all, something else. You know, it can be really simple questions. What you want is for people to show up. Because remember that first vote is almost nothing, but it's just a primer. It creates context for your DM to reach out. So interesting you wrote this. Why do you think that is? And then you're off. Like having those conversations are so such a nice, quick way to accelerate to rapport when you've already got the, the context of them having voted in your poll. So many things we could do. You could do some really something bit more bit more specific um, along the lines of um, What's the problem with focusing on EQ or something like that? Like you could look at the negative as well, like why people are issue, having an issue with it or why, or, or why people might think it's being talked about too much or, or is there a downside with EQ being all we talk about these days? I don't know. Like, or what's the practical value of EQ? There's a million and one different angles on it, but you've got to ask yourself, what's the outcome I'm after? What is it that I actually want to kind of 
elicit as a response from people? What do I want people to articulate here? Because it needs to be something that maps to a problem I can fix for them. So that's really crucial to think about along those lines. So hope that helps a bit. There's so much we've got to do. Um, but yeah, DM me if you like, Patricia. I'll happily help you with that because getting that right uh, is crucial. I'm happy to uh, I'd, I'd quite, be quite interested in spitballing some ideas with you uh, off here. Just underscore Jess underscore end bullying now has just jumped in on Instagram. Richard, it's been so long. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. We're just finishing, <laughs> but you can watch the replay on IGTV. Uh, thank you, everyone. I'm saying this so regularly, but thank you, everyone, for um, for like for like the, the the vibe around the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, there's been so many people saying like, I really love it. It's great that I can listen to the audio on the car or something like that. Um, it's just really cool. So thank you so much um, for, your, for your kind words about it. Um, thanks again for Restream and Anya for hooking me up here. I really appreciate this. I hope it's come across well and you guys have all been able to listen okay. Uh, thank you everyone for joining on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn as well. Uh, welcome to the new office for episode 225. Let me know if I could fill the walls with anything in particular. I'll be interested in, in more of your, um, your views. And those of you joining in late, Go back to the start and check out my three tips for content that drives leads. Have an amazing Monday. Thank you very much, everyone who was watching and uh, has watched. And I'll see you all very soon. Have a great week.